Hello, and welcome to the final assignment of Field 2. It's been a fantastic journey. I can't wait to tell you all about it, answering a few questions about the experience and how it pertains to my life as a student and my future life as a teacher. So let's get started. Question number one, what have I learned about individual learners and learning? Well, I had the opportunity to observe and work with and teach several students who are coded. One of those students is coded as gifted. Another two students, one is coded ADHD with a learning disability, another is coded ADHD and ODD or Oppositional Defiant Disorder. And as you can imagine, each of these students present um, challenges specific to their needs as a person and as a student. And each of them taught me a ton about individual learners and learning. I spent quite a lot of time one-on-one -on -one with each of these students and overall the biggest learning was that you can't, as a teacher, you can't spend all your time with one or two or even three students because we had a class of 27 and each of those students deserve basically an equal share of my attention as a teacher and yes, the students that I mentioned require a different level of individual attention but at the end of the day if I spend all my time with three or four students they're going to experience the benefits of that and the other students might uh, or will likely fall behind because they are not getting the, the attention that, that they deserve. So in working one-on-one -on -one with these students it was really important for me to set a boundary and a limit in terms of the time that I was able to spend with each. And when that time was up, I basically had to let them go on their own. Ideally, I had set them up for success in whatever task they were attempting so that I could leave them alone and they could continue on working independently. That was not always the case, obviously, but I, you know, there has to be a limit to the amount of time spent with each children. And that's, that's the biggest, piece of learning that I gathered about individual learners and learning. Regarding a surprise uh, or a significant event or observation that surprised me, I was blown away by how the students who were coded as ADHD and or ODD um, ran away with a science project that they were tasked with. So the students were taught how to set up a circuit and then they were asked to use specific materials to create a circuit to create and, and use it with a vehicle or some sort of model that moved. And some of the examples were a Ferris wheel, one kid made a wrecking ball, there were plenty of boats and 
cars, as you can imagine. And, you know, I was generally surprised and blown away by the capabilities of all the students in general, but even more so with the students who were coded ADHD. They seemed to really take to this project, and some of them were, two that I can think of off the top of my head were finished before anyone else, and their basic model, and then spent the rest of the time you know, working on the aesthetics of that or kind of troubleshooting. Sometimes it wouldn't work every time. And I, I was just really blown away by the abilities of these kids and, and how, you know, providing a, a different sort of task to kids who are struggling mightily with seemingly regular tasks, how they can shine in, in that. And that was really cool to see. That particular assignment was in the realm of science. It was kind of a STEM project, but it was primarily science. And I made an effort to teach every subject I could. Being in the elementary stream, my, my specialization is social studies, but I, I think that that is kind of a misnomer because as a, an elementary school teacher, we're gonna be expected to teach language arts, math, science, social studies, and so I really tried to focus more on gaining a breadth of experience with each of the disciplines rather than focusing on social studies. I personally, I didn't choose social studies. It was merely what I got accepted into when applying for the education program. So it was never a passion or a choice in mind that, ooh, I wanna, I wanna teach social studies. But it did, the, the experience in field two gave me a window into what is actually taught in social studies uh, at the grade five level, grade four and grade six as well, I got, I got an eye into. And personally, I have a breadth of education and experience that I think lends itself well, not only to social studies, but to the other disciplines as well. Um, but on that note, I, I really would urge people in, the, in, in Workland to reconsider having specializations for elementary school student teachers because we need a, a breadth of disciplinary experience. We, we can't just have math or just social studies. It's, we really need to have a breadth of that. So as a student teacher in field two, I made a concerted effort to teach in at least one math, one science, one LA, uh, one social studies and I, I would encourage anybody who's in the elementary stream to do the same with their practicum. Now that I've been in schools and classrooms, diversity has taken on a whole new meaning for me. During my field one, I witnessed uh, a very broad spectrum of diversity but it was mostly what I would call surface diversity so skin color language um, religion ethnicity background that sort of thing whereas this time around in field two there might not have been as much surface diversity but there was definitely uh, 
some deeper diversity going on in terms of personalities and learning capabilities that I because field one was simply observation and it was only one week at each school we didn't get a chance to build the relationships that we were able to build this time around and so in in that I was able to really get a window into a broad spectrum of deep diversity. To further that, I would say that learning how to navigate this diversity is going to be a huge undertaking as a teacher. Um, step one is going to be learning about your students and getting to know them and you know letting them get to know you as well and then the, the task becomes you know tailoring your your teachings such that every student can benefit from your teaching not just a particular section of the class From what I was able to see in field two, navigating this diversity was much easier when you were able to collaborate with a fellow teacher. And so my, the role that collaboration plays in teaching and learning, in my opinion, is, is huge and crucial to optimizing your teaching. Uh, the, my partner teacher, partnered in, in terms of planning with another grade five teacher and I was able to sit in on their planning sessions which was amazing. They basically worked together to plan out their units and kind of take activities from each other, learn from each other's mistakes, learn from each other's uh, achievements and it was really cool to see two teachers work so well together in, in terms of the planning aspect. And then they went away and taught their separate classes and they were always at different points in the units that they were teaching. And, but that was helpful because then one teacher was able to tell the other what was working, what wasn't, what needs to be tweaked. And so collaboration in the planning is, is huge. I wasn't able to see so much collaborative teaching this time around. That being said, I worked quite closely with my partner teacher to collaborate on the planning process. And then while we were teaching, if, if she saw something that I was perhaps leaving out or could um, expand upon, she would chime in and, and touch upon that subject. And I've, I learned quite quickly that she was open to me doing the same with her so that if, if she was teaching something and I was helping out, then I could chime, chime in with a little something to help the students understand if, if it was appropriate. And so collaboration, crucial to, to planning, teaching, and learning. So now that field two is complete and brings with it the completion of year one, I do have some pressing questions for year two and the field experience three and four. Chiefly, are we expected to be in the same school for both field three and four? How much input do we have in terms of where we go? 
is it possible to return to the school that we were at for fields two? And in terms of the grade that we'll be teaching, I taught grade five this time around, does that necessarily mean that I'll be teaching in the higher spectrum of elementary? Uh, and if so, is there any, how much leeway there is with that? So that's, that's regarding fields three and four. I also have a lot of questions in terms of what to expect upon graduation how the market for teachers is looking in Calgary and elsewhere in Canada and perhaps the world. And, you know, I'd, I'd be very interested to hear your story, Liz, about how your post-graduation experience went, how much subbing you had to do, when, when and where was your initial long-term contract, and, you know, to, to give us some tips on how to navigate that, I think would be, would be super helpful. Okay, that's it. I hope you've enjoyed my answers to the questions for the final assignment in field two. I look forward to sharing all of this with you tomorrow. And once again, thank you so very much for being such a, a strong proponent for us throughout the process, you made it a, a stress-free environment where we could focus, instead of on managing stress in the situation, we could focus on improving our teaching and, and learning. So thank you very much, and I'll see you soon.